Welcome back to another edition of the Interlake Sports Now. If I seem a little pumped up, it's because, wow, still got the adrenaline pumping from that Grizzly playoff comeback win over SEMO. You better bet we are going to get to that game today. Going to be breaking that one down a little bit later, recapping the game a little bit. Give some of my takeaways. We're also going to be talking about the Bobcats, who now know they're going to be playing Weber State in their upcoming home playoff matchup. Weber State is a tough matchup, so we're going to definitely dive into that a little bit. Plus, as always, we're going to get to our prep players of the week and dive in to some local headlines. Before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Nomad. Voted the Flatheads a best manufacturer. Nomad is a longtime supporter of the local community and sports scene. Celebrating 20 years of building great careers and mission-focused custom vehicles. Nomad, a Montana-based company making a global impact. Visit nomadgcs.com for more info. That's nomadgcs.com for more info. All right, quick reminder, you can subscribe to the Daily Interlake E-Edition to get all your local news right at your fingertips. Check out the dailyinterlake.com for more information. All right, let's get into the headlines real quick. We'll talk some prep action, our prep players of the week, and then we'll get into some Cat Grizz action. So a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on. As far as the headlines, real quick, we will mention one Grizz headline. For anybody who missed it, the Grizz had a comeback for the ages Saturday versus SEMO, Southeast Missouri. And we're going to dive into that game later, like I said. We want to get into those headlines. The one Grizz note we will mention, real quick, to start. So some news from the Grizz. Beside the historic comeback, we had two other historic feats accomplished, individual feats, but it always comes back to the team. The foundation set the tone. But, hey, some individual accomplishments we got to represent here. Two Grizz players had historic days when it comes to the record books. Return specialist Malik Flowers had a second-half touchdown return that sparked the comeback, and he also tied current New Orleans Saint Rashid Shahid for a piece of the FCS record for most career kick return touchdowns with seven. So, historic day for Flowers. And Robbie Houck, he needed 15 tackles coming into that game to break the big sky all-time tackle mark of 473 tackles set by Ronnie Hamlin of Eastern Washington. And Houck did just that. He landed 15 tackles, broke the record, sealed his name in the big sky record books. Special day for the Grizzlies on top of the historic comeback. And like I said, congratulations to both athletes and also, hey, their teammates deserve a lot of credit, too. It just shows the foundation and the type of program the Grizzlies have that put players in a position to thrive and get individual accolades like that. So great to see it. All right. So let's start out with another college football headline related to the local sports scene. We had a headline here related to some former Valley athletes who are still playing at the college level in the Frontier Conference. So Valley Gritters named to the All-Frontier Conference team. The Frontier Conference releases it's football all-conference teams, and Blake Counts, Ben and Ben Windauer, and the Montana Tech team carried the day. In voting by league coaches, the Ord Diggers had a frontier best eight first-team selections, three on offense and defense, along with two from special teams. The second-team honorees included three from Tech's offense and one from both its defense and special teams. The 13 total honorees also led the league. Counts, a five foot eleven junior running back, finished the season with 803 rushing yards, and averaged 5.5 yards per carry. He reached a century, century mark four times, including his last three games, and scored six of his nine touchdowns on the ground. 
a flathead high product, counts that is, a flathead high product. He played for Montana Tech coach Kyle Sampson in high schools and is making his first appearance on the first team after being selected. Second team all-conference the past two seasons. Windauer, junior linebacker of Columbia Falls, received the second excuse me, received the defensive second team nod for Tech. He was fourth on the Ore Diggers with 55 tackles and also had 1.5 sacks, 4.5 tackles for loss, a fumble recovery, and an interception this fall. So credit to both those athletes for keeping the keeping it going at the next level, representing the Valley well, and ultimately leaving it all on the gridiron, having a good time most likely. So good, good for those kids, proud of them, and yeah, keep it going. That's what it's all about right there, just uh, success on the field. All right, so let's jump from some former Valley athletes and their success in the college levels to some current Valley high school athletes who are making commitments to keep their journey going at the next level. Starting out with Flathead Bravette senior Maddie Moy, a three-head starter for the Flathead girls basketball team, signed a letter of intent to play for Montana Western. So impressive for the Flathead high athlete. The five-foot-nine guard was Flathead's leading scorer through the 2021-22 season, averaging 9.3 points a game. She also averaged 2.2 steals and a team-high 2.3 assists per game for the Bravettes, who went 19-6 and and claimed third at the state AA tournament in Billings. Next up from the Inner Lake, Polson quarterback Jared Wilson is going to be an ore digger after announcing Sunday on Twitter that he is committed to play football at Montana Tech. Jared Wilson was a lot of fun to watch this year. I went on and on about him all year. Exciting kid. Here's a quote from Wilson. I'm excited to announce my commitment to Montana Tech. Can't wait to get to work. Roll digs tweeted the left-handed senior who helped the Polson Pirates reach the state A semifinals the last two seasons. So, in Wilson, Tech is getting one of the most prolific QBs in Class A history. He's the only Polson Pirate to pass for 500 yards in a game, did it twice, and separately 400 yards in a game when he did seven times. His 13 career 300-yard passing games are tied for first, according to Class A historian Brian A. Reed. So, just a special season altogether for Wilson. Awesome to see him keep that football journey alive. Can't do anything but root for the kid. And uh, hopefully we get to see him on the field sooner than later. I know Montana Tech has a solid quarterback coming off a good year. But that's the beauty of college sports. It only takes a couple seasons. Wilson could get his shot, stay ready, keep preparing. And next thing you know, the time comes, doors open, seize the moment. All right, so congrats to him on the commitment. Next up, let's jump. From the gridiron to the diamond, Whitefish baseball and football star Ty Schwager committed to Washington State University to play baseball for the Cougars. Schwager is planning on pitching for the Cougars. According to an article from the Whitefish Pilot, he plans on playing baseball for Whitefish this year as well in the inaugural season of Montana State High School baseball with goals of bringing a state title home to Whitefish in the first ever season. So awesome stuff from Schwager. Thank you to our friends at the Whitefish Pilot for covering that, putting out the article. Awesome to see, though, two-sport athlete who's a great football player, had the opportunity to watch him a couple times with Whitefish, and, hey, great pitcher. He's going to have the opportunity to go up against the top-tier talent out in the Pac-12, so good luck to Schwager. We're excited to see his baseball journey continue. And, hey, maybe he, you know, gets his dream and brings Whitefish that state title. There's going to be a lot of teams, I'm sure, hungry for that first-ever one, but he's going to have a chance. Let's get to another piece of recruiting news related to a Whitefish athlete. This story is also from the Whitefish pilot. Whitefish senior golfer Billy Smith signed his letter of intent 
to continue his golf journey at UNLV, a.k.a. the University of Las Vegas, Nevada. Smith credited the UNLV coaches for his decision and the facility that they offer for the golf team. Smith had a decorated prep golf career in Montana after moving to the state from Texas after his freshman year, and he helped lead the team to a state tournament Class A title in 2020. Best of luck to Smith, and hey, make sure to stay hydrated out in that Vegas heat. Definitely turns it up a little bit out there with the temperatures. All right. Thanks again to our friends at the Whitefish Pilot for their coverage on the local scene with the sports scene. Last up, sticking with the golf scene, Glacier High golf star Tyler Avery signed his letter of intent to continue swinging the clubs for the Montana Tech Ore Diggers. Avery was a four-time All-State golfer and runner-up at the Class AA State Tournament this fall. Congrats to Avery, and congrats to all the rest of our local athletes on their accomplishments and commitments to keep their athletic journeys going at the next level. That's awesome stuff. Exciting to see where it takes them. And overall, you know, I said this before about the fall sports athletes, but credit to them for balancing the books and the, the challenges that come with that because it's not easy putting the time and effort it takes to be a top, you know, college-level athlete while putting the level of the academic requirements involved. So kudos to them. Major props. One other recruiting note just real quick to mention. A little bit outside of the valley, but here we go. A little bit outside the local area, but close enough. Quarterback Patrick Duchian of Florence Carlton committed to Montana State after leading Florence to back-to-back Class B state titles. He was also named Football Player of the Year for the state of Montana by MaxPreps.com, one of the leading prep sports websites out there, prep sports coverage is out there. So safe to say he's going to be an exciting player at the next level and we'll excited to see his journey with the Bobcats. So... Before we move along to our prep players of the week, that was kind of the end of our headlines. Prep roundup all mixed into one. A lot of action with local players continuing their journey. Had to give them their credit. Had to keep you guys updated where they're going. So before we move along to our prep players of the week and that Cat Grizz talk, here's a message from the team at Nomad. At Nomad. The key to our success has always been the amazing talent and experience of our team. Based on one of the most beautiful places on earth, our Kalispell, Montana headquarters is home to some of the most skilled engineers, integrators, software developers, welders, electricians, carpenters, mechanics, and professional staff in the market. Our team is dedicated to working collaboratively with our valued clients to ensure success in every mission. Join our team. Check our careers page at nomadgcs.com slash careers. That's nomadgcs.com slash careers to view current job openings and to submit an application. Remember, nomadgcs.com slash careers. Go check that out. And remember, as always, all these uh, good prep updates we've been giving you can check on the dailyinterlake.com or pick up a couple of the last week's editions of the Interlake. All right, let's move to those prep players of the week. Presented by Hagadome Media Group Montana. Here's a quick word from the team. The team in Montana is here to help you grow. Our skilled team will assess your marketing goals and craft ROI-focused campaigns home to meet your business needs. Our integrated marketing solutions will help your people find you wherever they are looking, whether it's Google, YouTube, apps, or your local newspaper. Contact Anton at 406-758-4410 for more information. That's 406-758-4410 for more information. Let's dive into those prep players of the week presented by Hagadome Media Group Montana. Starting out, six big fork Vikings made the all-state Class B football team across the state, voted by the Montana Coaches Association. Very impressive. 36 players were honored in total. Big Fork had the most selections in the state. Running back Joseph Ferrier ran for 874 yards, 16 touchdowns, and was among the Vikings' picks. So was linebacker slash guard Manny Baldy. 
receivers Isaac Epperly and Nick Walker, H-back Bryce Gilliard, and quarterback Tristan Hurd. Epperly caught 31 passes for 427 yards and seven total touchdowns, all team highs. Walker and Gilliard each average over 20 yards of reception and combined for five receiving touchdowns. Gilliard is an all-state for a second straight year. Hurd threw for 1,528 yards and 21 touchdowns with six interceptions. He's the lone junior among the Vikings honorees. The rest are seniors. So again, kudos to those Big Fork athletes. Their football team was a lot of fun to watch this year. I had the opportunity to cover their playoff action in the snow. Good times. Just they, play su- they played such a gritty, fun-to-watch old-school football, and it's great to see those kids get their credit they deserve on the All-State team. So big credit to them representing the local area well and credit you know, on their success. Next up on our Prep Players of the Week, Got some volleyball action here. Another, some postseason awards racked up by our local athletes, highlighted by Glacier senior libero Maddie Frazier, who made the second team all state for Class AA. Very impressive. Flathead had Sion Mooney and Sion Sturk named first team all Western AA. Meanwhile, Frazier, Ella Farrell, Farrell, excuse me, and Sarah Downs were first team Western AA for Glacier. Frazier averaged 3.92 digs, set up a set for the Wolfpack. That was 3.92 digs, a set for the Wolfpack, just to clarify. Farrell was among the Western AA leaders in blocks and kills. Downs was a fourth in the conference in kills, 2.52 a set, and averaged three digs a set as well. While Mooney averaged three digs a set and was among four Bravettes in the top six in the conference for aces, Stirk led the conference in aces and was second in kills with 2.92 a set. Big credit to all those volleyball athletes from the Crosstown schools. Kind of lumping them together there. I know usually they're going at it toe-to-toe, but we'll take this little bit of time to highlight the athletes from both schools in our Kalispell area here and give them the credit they deserve. So, hey, those were your Prep Players of the Week presented by Hagadome Media Group Montana. The team in Montana is here to help you grow. Our skilled team will assess your marketing goals and craft ROI-focused campaigns on to meet your business needs. Our integrated marketing solutions will help you and will help your people find you wherever they are looking, whether it's Google, YouTube, apps, or your local newspaper. Contact Anton at 406-758-4410 for more information. All right. Been jamming through this show. Pure action-packed. Shout-out Nomad. Shout-out Hagadome Media Group Montana for fueling the action. Shout out our prep players of the week and everybody we met for making those commitments earlier, as well as our Frontier Conference nominee or nods from the local area. But let's get to that Cat Grizz time. It's playoff action in the football scene. The Grizz are coming off what you could easily call a historic comeback. So there's a lot to get to. I might be a little excited to talk some Cat and Grizz today. I might have been pumped up, you could say. So... Let's start this out. I'm going to get, go through some game notes from the Grizz playoff matchup with SEMO, and then we'll move into one thing to watch for the Grizz and Cats moving forward into their next playoff game and some thoughts on the Bobcats matchup with Weber State on the horizon. So let's start out with our stat of the week that pretty much explains this game in a nutshell, this Grizz game. Here's our stat of the day, stat of the week, just to paint the picture. The Grizz trailed. Sebo 24 to 3 early in the third quarter and would go on to win the game 34 to 24 after pitching a second half shutout and scoring 31 unanswered points in the second half to seal the playoff victory and pull off a comeback for the ages. So 
This was just one of those epic games. You could kind of feel the tension early. It wasn't really going the Grizz way. The home crowd was feeling a little bit out of it. I'm not going to lie. Might have set out a tweet even that said, the Grizz need to score on special teams or defense. And then what do you know? They did just that. They got two second-half touchdowns in the return games to make things interesting. Malik Flowers brought Washington Grizzly Stadium back to life with an electric kick return that just brought the house down and tied that FCS record that we mentioned earlier for most kick returns in a game. All of a sudden, it's 24-10. Lucas Johnson then hits Keelan White for a touchdown strike. It's a one-score game just like that. The Grizz defense gets another stop, and what happens? Suddenly, Junior Bergen takes the ensuing punt 58 yards to the house. Grizzlies crowd is ignited. The team's going nuts, and all of a sudden, it's a tied ball game, and momentum is 100% on the side of Montana. From there, the Grizz put it away with an interception by Garrett Graves. Nico Ramos, Ramos had a field goal, and then Johnson hit Cole Grossman as well for a touchdown that pretty much sealed the playoff win for the ages for the Grizz to keep this season alive. It's been a pure roller coaster season, so it's kind of only fitting. You go down 24-0, and then all of a sudden, what happens? Or excuse me, 24-3, and then all of a sudden, what happens? You win the game. So here's my analysis. The Grizz, they played arguably the worst six quarters of football of their entire season. They played Montana State, and it was ugly. SEMO in the first half dominated the Grizz. It was ugly. That's six straight quarters of just bad football from Montana. The season was over. You thought it was done, and next thing you know, they found life, and they went on a run. They scored the unanswered points. They do their thing. I mean, they, they were getting dominated. They were outscored 72-24 to 24 over this those six quarters. And like I said, all of a sudden, they come back to life. They score the 31 unanswered points even that scoring margin a little bit over those two contests and keep their season alive, most importantly. So here's to continue my analysis a little bit. Montana's run game was also was almost non-existent. Isaiah Childs, towards the end, he got it going a bit. We'll see if they kind of keep working him into the offense a little more early into the game. I did like his performance late. It seemed like he did a good job of finding the hole and kind of moving the chains for the Grizz, keeping the ball moving, keeping the clock moving when they were trying to wind things down at the end. So I was impressed with his play. But overall, it felt like they had no confidence early on in the rushing attack. That does worry me with the matchup versus the North Dakota State Bison on the horizon. Can you play a one-dimensional style? We'll get into that in a few. So the thing about the Grizz offense, when it's clicking, it's really clicking. They hit those home runs. Lucas Johnson Finds a guy deep. He makes a couple of great plays with his legs. Gets out of the pocket. Makes a great throw. All of a sudden, they look like geniuses. The coordinator looks great. They're hitting home runs. The problem is when they're not hitting those home runs and they're having trouble getting the singles and they can't really get things going and they're facing third and nine after third and nine, that's going to be something to watch. Overall, though, they did get it going. And they found that stride. And in football, one of the most important things, if you, you know, really – pay attention in the playoffs and that kind of thing. momentum is huge. And the Grizz just went from momentum being non-existent for them to being all on their side. Their offense was clicking. It looked like a, the team we saw earlier, earlier this year blow out Cal Poly, blow out Eastern Washington, dominate teams early in the season. So with momentum on their side, can they keep that going versus a North Dakota State Bison team who's an FCS powerhouse? They're the defending national champs. It's going to be tough. They love to run the football. The one thing the Grizz cannot do, and I said this the same thing with the Montana State game, they can't get behind early. 
because that totally changes the dynamic of the game. And a team like the Bison will just keep running the ball and they'll have no problem doing so. They'll run the clock out and they'll win the game 17 to 3 and they won't care. So I think the Grizz, you know, you got to try to keep this momentum going. Here's my one big question for the Grizz to dive into it. I did want to say, let's see if I can find the stat here about Lucas Johnson. It uh, looks like I'm struggling here. I did want to mention, though, he struggled. He had his ups and downs, but he finished the game with 300 yards, and he made enough plays to get the win. A lot of criticism out there about him, but, hey, he got the win. He did what he needed to do, stayed in it, kept his head above water, got the W. So my one question for the Grizz, and then we'll get into the Cats and Weber State stuff, is can the Grizz offense find a way to keep the Bison defense off balance? Will the Grizz be able to hit those home runs to put pre- pressure on the Bison? Because the Bison love to run the football. So the Grizz can somehow jump out to like a 10-0 lead. You know, their, their offense will just roll and Malik Flowers maybe does it again, gets a, starts the game out with a return touchdown, whatever it be, not to get too hypothetical. The Grizz need to get a great start. My big question is going to be, can they find consistent ways to move the chains? Can they find consistent ways to run their offense where it doesn't look like they're just relying on the big play? Because that's been the problem, and in my opinion, SEMO was a tough opponent. The Bison are a different level. So if the Bison, you're not going to go rely on the home run. You're not going to get down 24-3 to and make a comeback. So the Grizz, how do you find those consistent ways to take care of the football Run your offense efficient. Run the offense efficiently, and get out to a either get out to a lead or keep it close. You know, it could be ten to seven. They gotta just keep it a ball game. You can't let the Bison run away with this one, or they'll literally just run away with it. So, onto the Bobcats. I'm excited for that game. We might get into a little more Grizz slash Bobcats playoff preview later in the week. We'll see how things go, but that's gonna be a fun one. Onto the Bobcats. We'll start with the biggest question, and then just cup some overall notes from their last game versus Weber State and. Outlook for this one. Biggest question for the Bobcats. Their run game in their last performance versus the Grizz was dominant. And what did they do against Weber State earlier this year? Dominated them on on the ground. Tommy Malott had a huge game rushing in that one. He rushed for 273 yards and three touchdowns versus Weber State. So my question is, it's kind of similar to the Grizz, but I guess it's opposite of the home run in the passing game. Can the Grizz, excuse me, can the Bobcats similar to the Grizz with their issues running the football, here's the other way around. If the Bobcats don't throw the football and they go out there and they say, we are going to run our offense just like we have where we just continue to run the football down teams' throats and we don't really care about keeping teams off balance where we believe in our offensive line, we believe in our blocking schemes, and we know what we can do, can that work versus Weber State a second time? That's my biggest question because now there's film Against the, against the Grizz, where clear, clearly the Bobcats ran the ball 60-plus times. Weber State can get a little bit of an idea of their scheme. They played them earlier this year, and the Bobcats, they only won that game by five. And we mentioned this previously on the show a couple months ago. The only reason the Bobcats, the not the only reason, the Bobcats got very, very lucky to have Weber State let up eight points on safeties. Weber State snapped four balls over their punter's head. Or, so... You know, that's that was an FCS record. That's not going to happen again. So it was a close game already. Weber State has a great idea of what the Bobcats do. Can Brett Vegan and that Bobcats coaching staff do just enough to keep them off balance? 
throw a couple wrinkles in, throw the ball just a little bit more, get Tommy Malak going in the passing game just a little bit more because I think that's what it's going to take. That's my big question. Now, that being said, I do expect the Bobcats to win this one. I think that they can do enough to keep teams on their toes and get creative. They have Sean Chambers in this one. They did not have him in the previous matchup versus Weber State. He's been one of the best players in the FCS all year. He's your backup QB. That's a good sign. I think that they're going to be fine. I think they're going to use those wrinkles like we saw against the Grizz from the Bobcats when they're rolling Tommy Malott out on the end at receiver, bringing him on the end around. When you start throwing those kind of things out there, it doesn't matter how much film you watch because there's always going to be another potential option there. Malott could throw the ball. He could pitch it back to Chambers. There's just too many question marks. I think the Bobcats will be fine ultimately. But when you're playing a team for the second time in the season with a lot of film out there at this point in the season in the playoffs, it's definitely something to consider. You know, a playoff matchup versus a conference foe. I mean, you guys are going to know each other's games. So that would be my big thing. We're just going to kind of see how the Bobcats can keep Weber State on their toes. And then, hey, I mean, the Wildcats also have a very effective rushing attack. And they kind of were hurt when they played the Bobcats earlier because they couldn't run the ball as much. Because they had four safeties go against them, meaning the Bobcats had the ball in the majority of the game. So it's tough to run the ball when you basically have 20 minutes of possession. I, I looked at the stats. It was very, it was like 22 minutes. So the Bobcats had the good fortune of dominating time of possession in the previous matchup. Can they recreate that without those safeties? How did they do that? We'll see what Malat does. See if he can work his magic again, just like he did against the Grizz. So, you know, I'm confident they can pull off a win. I just know this is going to be a tough matchup, and there's definitely some question marks. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun one. That'll actually do it for today's show. Before we wrap this thing up, I want to give a special thanks to Hagado Media Group Montana for their support. And, of course, remind everyone listening that this episode was brought to you by Nomad. The Flathead's best manufacturer, Nomad, is a longtime supporter of the local community and and sports scene, celebrating 20 years of building great careers and mission-focused custom vehicles. Nomad, a Montana-based company making a global impact. Nomad has worked with NASA and various branches of the United States military, so you know Nomad is a name you can trust with your manufacturing needs. For more info, visit nomadgcs.com. That's nomadgcs.com for more information. All right. That'll do it. Thanks again to the Flathead's Best Manufacturer Nomad. Thanks again to Hagadome Media Group Montana. I'm wiped out, everyone. That Grizz game still has me going. My adrenaline's still pumping. That was one of the craziest games you'll see. That was a fun one. Absolute mayhem. I'm excited for this Bobcats matchup on the horizon. Thanks again to all those fall sport athletes we you know, mentioned earlier for all their hard work in and out of the classroom, on the field. You know, whether it was the people making commitments, the athletes making their commitments, or our prep players of the week. So, big credit to all of them. Next week, of course, we're going to dive back into the Grizz playoff action, the Bobcats playoff action, see how both teams fared. Is there still going to be a chance after next week of a Montana versus Montana State FCS championship game? Hey, we're holding out for just that little bit of hope. And, of course, we're going to start talking a little bit of winter prep sports because it is that time. So, Thank you to everybody for tuning in. It is always much appreciated. Jam-packed show. feel like we flew through it, but, hey, had to get to that Grizz Cat stuff. It's that time of year. Tis the season, as they say. Playoff time. So, everyone, you have a good one. Thanks, as always, for listening. I'm Josh Dugan, and I'm out. Thank you. Have a good one.